Counting calories is out. Weight loss is an internal game, what I like to call weight release, and it all starts from within. You're listening to Confidence From Within, a podcast for women ready to feel good about their bodies, rediscover their confidence, and share their brilliance with the world. I am your host, Juliana Lehman, mind-body weight release expert and lifelong health seeker. And I am so pleased to have you here. Let's get started. You're listening to episode number 141 of Confidence for Within podcast. And as always, I am your host, Juliana Lehman. And today I want to talk to you about the gift of struggle. And if you have in any area of your life, say relationships, money, finances, career, your health, if it ever felt hard and you felt that you've struggled or is currently struggling with something, then I really hope that this reflective episode is going to be uh, perfect for you. And I really decided to put this episode together because I have been reflecting and the inspiration have come from various random sources, but I have been really reflecting on the word struggle for myself personally for quite some time, but also reflecting on why is it that for some reason I seem to prioritize struggle as the mechanism that I use every time I'm in the process of up-leveling to a new level in my life. And specifically for me, the areas of struggle have been on the field of career as well as my health. And I find it interesting because as I reflect back, why struggle? Why have I chosen instead of you know, inspiring challenges. (laughs) They've always felt hard and difficult and messy at times. And I think for me, struggle has somewhat served a purpose. And maybe you find yourself in the same place that you're just so tired of it. (laughs) You're tired of the struggle. You're tired of trying again and again and again and not getting sustained results. And I think that is, you know, the way that I like to look at this, there's like a a threshold that a lot of us women are in the midst of hitting and crossing through the threshold may feel quite difficult, painful, hard, or confusing in some cases. But if you feel any urge or desire inside of you to create from a different place that doesn't have to feel hard, that you don't have to keep repeating again and again and again, the same patterns and the same behaviors, and you can actually create or co-create life from a more elevated place, a more joyous place in which you are inspired to pursue challenges rather than just, you know, boggle down by the struggle of it all, then this episode is going to be for you because I find myself as well in that specific threshold in which looking back, it was years and years of being so afraid. And for most of my life growing up, physically afraid, right, from safety, uh, as I've talked before in this podcast, being born and raised in a country that had quite a degree of violence. And then later in life, as I was physically safer, 
the the fear became a little bit more abstract for me. And it was fear more about the unknown and about, you know, putting myself out there and creating a life that was beyond my wildest dreams. And even though I do believe that I've moved closer and closer to that being actualized, I still know that safety has been a priority for me. Emotional safety, physical safety, even relationship safety, and a lot of the choices that I've made and, you know, a lot of the, say, decisions have always come with that as a barometer, how safe or how risky something is, and that's how I would decide how big I would play. And I feel the safety and struggle, all those things served a purpose, but now I am more than ready to lead from a higher place, a more vulnerable place, more transparent, more honest, more authentic, much more from like love and joy and excitement and really start to really almost like unzip. And if for you, the struggle, let's just say, has been weight release, really unzip and step out of it and let the whole armor, (laughs) you know, that we've been carrying so heavily fall behind you. And that heaviness that some of us carry may not be weight related, but it could be, for example, there's a laundry list of duties. It could be dreams and wishes of family members that we behave a certain way, that we meet their expectations of us. And all of us are dealing with layers and versions of this, some heavier than others. But in in the context of everything, I think it is getting more and more time to really check in with self and whatever doesn't feel good, whatever doesn't feel right, that's what I want you to start working on releasing and being clear what it is so we can drop the struggle in a very significant sense and really, you know, it ends with us, you know, with your generation, whatever that is, so that whatever you propagate forward is coming from inspiration more than fear or, you know, that almost safety that we all have in old patterns, right? That may give you that sense of struggle. The one one of the things that, so I, I wanted to also, you know, bring to the table. So let's just say that, let's just like keep it for the sake of consistency in this podcast. Let's just kind of keep it within the health and wellness. But of course, you can explore in your career, in your finances, in your relationship, and just apply the same concepts, But some of the frameworks that I wanted to help you sort of work through this, first of all, so let's just say that you have a pattern that you identify that you are doing great. Maybe you're trying something new, a new diet, a new strategy or whatever, and then you can hold it together for about a week and then it falls apart. And there's a lot of that back and forth yo-yo cycling, right? I think it's a very common one. Uh, For me, when I look at myself and the history, even before, for example, when I decided to release alcohol fully from my life, I'm approaching the 12 month mark now, which is pretty crazy how fast time goes by. But as an example, before that, what I would, what I have observed is that I was okay for a while until something meaningful in in the challenging sort of like (laughs) spectrum would happen until I felt really stressed or late in the day when I felt really tired. Anytime that I felt that my energy, my, you know, life force was depleted or anytime that my comfort zone was challenged or even if I was just very bored, (laughs) you know, all those different elements, 
either when I felt like I wanted to escape from something or when I was so bored that I wanted something exciting just to, you know, bring a little oomph to life. Those were the times that I would usually have the craving and go back to it. And if I was, you know, doing great for seven days, it would kind of like fall apart and start over again, that cycle. And what I realized is that that was a pattern, right? That anytime I felt X, I crave Y. If this happened, then that's what my body or, you know, my mind, I guess, would ask for to make me feel better. And it wasn't until I recognized what were those patterns? What were the associations that if I feel this way, these are the cravings? Because then I started looking at the cravings, not so much as the culprit or something I had to release or fix, but they were the receipts, (laughs) the bank receipts of what I had just deposited it, right? And for example, if any time that I had, you know, very stressful times that I was doing so many things for my business that I don't like to do, that maybe more like admin, maybe like on the bookkeeping side of things, for example, that I really dislike to do. I like the numbers, but I don't like the the sort of routine, repetitive tasks and paperwork side of things. I would feel, you know, just so bored and antsy and anxious and not my best self. And then some of those cravings would come back. And it wasn't until I recognized that any time I was acting outside of priorities, it, it, it would just build and build and build on myself. And then I needed to find relief in some capacity. And a lot of times the cravings were in the associations of my mind, the quickest way and one of the most effective ways for me, especially because my cravings are usually drinks, which is something can, I believe can consume in a very fast speed and just like very quickly, just like nip it in the butt as opposed to something that if I have to cook something, it would just take longer. So my cravings are very like very strategic as well, <laughs> very time efficient, if that makes sense. And I think it's because I just, I'm such a, a fast decision acting person that I just need, my cravings mimic that and they just need to act fast, right? Anyways, I digress. Um, but what I realized is that, okay, there's a very big pattern here. And if I need to change something, I need to actually find a pattern interrupt strategy that works for me. And a couple of the sort of frameworks that I have been playing with successfully. So the first one, and I'm not talking about dissolving the craving and so on, which is something that if you're interested in, I have an entire course that I teach you how to do that called Motivated Master Your Mind, Love Your Body. So if this is of interest to you, go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash motivation and you can really learn more about the strategy, the methodology. I teach that in a complimentary master class. That's a great place for you to get started. But what I'm talking about here is if you don't do all that work behind the scenes and you just want to start interrupting those patterns, what I want to propose to you is that you just realize that just because you have the urge, just because you have the craving, you actually don't need to act on it. And that was a revelation for me. I thought, you know what? Yes, I can feel the whole process. I can have my body craving that dopamine hit that will come as soon as I satisfy this craving. But today, I'm not thinking later on tomorrow, just for today, I can decide not to act on it and then just kind of go with that. And then tomorrow is another day you can go through the process all over again. But for me, it was really interesting to say, oh, maybe I just don't have to act on something. 
Now, the other thing that I wanted to sort of point out to you is that if you feel, if you identify yourself like I have for many years with someone that struggles, that creates from the place, and you're kind of like sick of that label and you want to peel it off and no longer identify with it. First of all, releasing any of those very permanent, I am this way, I am not this way labels is kind of recommended because there are going to be situations that they're not true. So if something's not true 100% of the time, it's probably not helpful to diminish yourself and, you know, blame yourself for things that, yeah, you may do here and there. But it is very difficult to change who you are. And I actually don't think there is much value in changing who we are. I think the truth is the value is in releasing those fake labels that we believe are who we are. Because I think there's nothing wrong with any of us. In fact, it is the accept- accepting of that inner perfection that I think is the work of confidence, of weight release, is releasing the labels, releasing all that crap that doesn't serve you anymore and accepting your inner perfection as is. And in my work, one of the things I teach the women is that there's different layers um, that we need to start peeling and peeling and peeling that keeps us from actually knowing who we are and really accepting ourselves. And at the very core, that unedited blueprint of you that is always perfect is what I basically like to refer to as your inner priorities. And then the layers outside of it are the things that really make it difficult for you to really see and understand who you are. And the layer above the self that I feel a lot of us get confused with is what I call the authorities, the voices of other people telling us what to do, what to believe, and ultimately sometimes even who we are, who we should be, all those duty words. And I think if you grew up in a way that those voices, even if it's societal, it doesn't have to be a parent, for example, but even if it's societal, but those voices are really strong, you may actually confuse your personal inner desires with the duties or the things you believe you should do, have to do. And maybe from early on, early childhood, you were in a way in situations that you were forced to mature really quickly or to do things beyond your years. It is no surprise that you may grow up with this sense of serving others and duty and not really asking yourself what you want and not prioritizing your needs. It's just like part of that self-defense mechanism. So that's a big layer. There's so many of us are, I would say it may be like a lifelong journey in the process of understanding one layer at a time of those duties, those external voices and releasing them, checking with you. Does it feel true to you? Is it something that if you inspire to do that you actually want to? And if the answer is no, working on releasing them. But then lastly, the more external layer of all those layers of confusion that we add on uh, to our actual, you know, very authentic blueprint are really your circumstances. And if you, if I have a choice between changing my circumstances versus changing myself, it is a lot easier to change the circumstances. And so for example, say that you are trying to avoid sweets, okay? 
So you can just not have them in the house, right? So by removing them from the house, you're technically changing the circumstances of where the sweets are present or where they take place, as opposed to changing and doing all the inner work that it takes to change your desire for the sweets, which ultimately is the more sustainable choice. On a bigger scale, say that you're trying to get work done and you're just not feeling inspired and so on. This happens to me all the time that by switching my environment to say I go to a coffee shop or I work in a different environment in the house, it motivates me again. Why does that work? Because you're changing the circumstances of whatever it is that's blocking you. So as much as possible, if you're struggling with something, I urge you to, instead of blaming yourself, pointing fingers and, you know, go to all those old stories that are not helpful, look for a quick moment, what in your circumstances are triggering you to those old patterns? Can you release those? Can we change those? Can we get rid of those? Because those are going to be the things that are going against cheering their priorities and derailing you, exhausting you, getting you bored or whatever it is that's causing for you. And if the answer is no, you cannot change your circumstances, then I ask you to think, okay, if you can't change them, what ways can we reframe them? How differently can we look at what cannot be changed and start loving those parts and those pieces so they don't have the same impact in derailing you, okay? So that would be my recommendation there. Now, the other thing too that I wanted to mention, because the we make a choice, a permanent choice to change or to you know shift how we look at things, either because of inspiration or because of desperation, right? So some people are very highly motivated to avoid pain and some people are motivated to create change that inspires them. I've always been more motivated to avoid pain, <laughs> uh, to be completely honest. And even as I was doing the process with the alcohol release, I could see many of the benefits, but they were never enough for me to make the change. I had to really identify how they were hurting my inner priorities in a very specific way for something to click in my mind and then the release actually took place and that became a choosing rather than something I have to avoid or hold on for dear life. So if you're more motivated by avoiding pain or quotations, a desperation side of the inspiration coin, what I would like to propose is that a lot of times when people have like some severe health struggle or a diagnosis or something, that's usually when the pain becomes so acute that they're actually make a change. What I'm proposing to you is how can we impact the perception of pain without you having to go through something that dramatic? Because right now, if you have time on your side, it becomes a little bit more difficult. Like the proactive aspect of health is a little bit more difficult because there's not enough pain there to really activate us into hyperaction. So work with what you have, start with what you know and let it grow. And But really finding ways, how can you agitate it? How can we really look at it? And how can we really be honest on how painful this actually is that will inspire change? And if for some reason you're not motivated by pain, not everybody is, the other proposal, and you can do both, if the motive, aggravating whatever state you feel that doesn't feel good helps you do it, but if it doesn't or in conjunction with it, what I would like to also mention, the final point here, 
is that if you're not able to go all in into something, so now looking at the positive side of the coin, it is probably because whatever you're gaining from not doing it is more important to you. For example, when I was not able to release the alcohol from my life completely as I have since, the reason why is that my perception at the time of how much relaxed me after a stressful day was more important to me than the good health outcomes I would get from it. So I was prioritizing the rela- the perception of relaxation over what I knew to be true in terms of the health impacts, the benefits to my health, okay? So if you are, say, still gravitating to the cookie, the whatever it is that derails you, is because the, the, the pleasure that it's getting you for avoiding whatever pain or soothing whatever you know, emotions you're dealing with, it's still more valuable to your mind than the positive outcomes of weight release, for example. And that is just very simple math. If your mind feels that that's more valuable, it will continue to do it. And then we're going to continue to feel we're struggling simply because we have not been able to tip those scales just yet. So that's usually the reason why we are not able to go all in or why we're not able to release the struggle. The struggle is serving a point. It's doing a job and it's giving you something. And by understanding what is that something, it helps because if you understand, oh, this is what it's protecting me from, then we can do it differently. Okay. So. What I would like to propose to you, one final like takeaway here is that anytime that we're trying to make a change or a habit, often in times, if we don't see results right away, it's so easy to lose momentum. And if you have a very big goal, something that feels like climbing a mountain or something that's changing a pattern that has been present in your life for decades or even generations, it may, like your mind may look at those thousand steps ahead and feel so overwhelmed that it doesn't even get started or it gets a few steps in and just loses momentum. And I find that the problem with that is that we're measuring progress wrong. We're measuring progress looking up in the ladder as opposed to backwards of how far we've come. And I know for some people, I say measure progress backwards, right? And this is something that, you know, it's taught in business, it's taught in many other fields. And we can apply this to health as well. But if measuring for you, you know, say dropping the scale or weighing yourself every day, whatever way that you measure, if that's counterproductive, because I know for some tracking is important so you can assess progress. But for some people, if you resist tracking of some kind, or if you just want to have almost like throw everything at it, (laughs) you know, agitate the pain, track and also add another strategy to help you go all in. What I propose is that if you have not gotten results before, but you know you have a solid plan in your hands, it is probably because you have not given your body enough time, okay? So time is one of those things that are abstract and relative, but I want you to use it to your advantage. So the final big suggestion that I have here for you, and this is something that I'm doing as well concurrently with you guys as a fun experiment in my life, I'm calling it the rule of 100. So if you try something for five, 10, seven days, I don't know, and you haven't seen results, I want you to commit and you can pick whatever specific, either one thing or a combination of things. And I want you to commit doing it for 100 
days. Meaning when you put a hundred days into it consistently, regardless of results. So we're not even going to care about it. You can track it if you choose, of course, but we're not going to care until day 101 to look back at the evidence, not for look back at the evidence and then assess our progress. So if you're using a tracker of some kind, like I have a specific one a beyond the scale one I use in my program, the weight release shift, I wanted to track it, track it, track it, track it without trying to make sense of the numbers, without looking, oh, it's not as good today as it was yesterday or whatever. Just keep tracking. And when it gets to a hundred days, we're going to have so much data to look back and make a really objective decision. And if by day a hundred, you're not convinced yet that whatever you accomplished got you closer to your goals, or if by day 100, you're not where you want to be, then absolutely, then let's reevaluate. But often in times, we don't give ourselves enough time to even succeed at what we want. So whatever it is that you want, that you're struggling with, and I'm doing this concurrently with you guys, I'm picking my list as well. I want you to write it down specifically what it is that you're committing to. I want you to Write down today's day, whatever it is, the date you're listening to this. Literally count it. I bought myself like a little pocket planner and I'm using that. So each day, instead of check marking, I'm writing one, two, three, so I can really keep track where I am. Do it for a hundred consecutive days. Track if you want to, how you feel, whatever it is you want to track. But don't worry about making sense of the numbers. Don't worry about seeing are you there, are you there or not there. At the end of, on day 101, that's when we're going to look back and really assess. And you are going to be amazed at how much can change and transform. Because what we're doing here is that for the next 100 days, we're going to pause the struggle, forget about the struggle. We're not going to complain about it. We're not going to look at it as struggle. We're just going to go on this straight line, beeline to your goal because you decided what it is you want. You committed to what are the actions you're actually going to do, the steps that you're going to commit to for a hundred days and after day on day 101, they're going to go look back and make sense of the results. And if at any time you need help making sense of the results together, or even fine tuning what you're tracking, your commitment, then I really encourage you to book a call with myself or my team. And we can really look at your wellness journey and really help guide you. And if you are interested in learning more how to do that, simply go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash call and you can pick a time on our calendars and we can totally chat with you you, uh, and go from there. But for now, pick your commitment for 100 days. If you are motivated by, you know, the, the pain side of the pain pleasure equation, you can also go a little deeper and look at what is it really that the struggle is providing you with? What is it protecting you from? And really act, really activate the pain of not doing the 100-day commitment and say, if you do nothing today, 100 days from now, you're going to look back and really wish you had started. So commit to starting today, write down whatever it is you're going to commit to, and then starting tomorrow, count 100 days and just go for it. Don't look back. And then on day 101, then you can pause, 
look back, assess how far you've come. So I hope this is helpful and I hope to see you again next week here on the podcast or hear from you on Instagram. If you want to share with me what it is that you committed to for 100 days, simply send me a DM at naturally.joyous and I look forward to learning from you, hearing from you and until next time. Thank you so much for listening to Confidence From Within. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at naturally.joyous and I will be sure to tag you back. I would also love for you to leave us a review on iTunes so you can help us support our show. Stay healthy and happy and until next time.